So next Wednesday, October 23rd, we're going to bring it to you live. Multifamily Foundation Podcast is ready to launch. Imagine if you could not fail. If the foundation of your multifamily business had a blueprint that was built by the best. Well, this is what the Multifamily Foundation Podcast gives you. We're going to bring you actionable content with tools to strengthen your multifamily business. From finding deals to raising money to asset management, we will give you a formula for success. Now, this comes with entrepreneurship. It comes with lifestyle. It comes with building yourself so you're ready to take down whether it's a four unit or a $25 million deal. We're going to bring you the resources to make that happen. Are you ready to build your foundation? If you are, listen in. Let's do this. This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to have able to have. And if you want to hear more about us, go to yourusiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey Multifamily Investment Meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right, check out the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we welcome Mark Podolsky. Hi, Mark. Jason, Peely, how are you? Oh, Aloha. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. A little bit about Mark. Uh, Mark's been buying and selling raw land full-time since 2001. He's completed over 5,000 land deals, and his company, Frontier Equity Partners, has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. His passion, of course, is investing in land, creating wealth efficiently, and helping others uh, develop their inner geeky entrepreneur, uh, which has led him to two things that he wasn't expected to do. First was be a hot podcast host. And the second is he loves being a teacher. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, you want to give us a little bit of a background of how you got started with basically investing in land. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And, um, and I know it's really early in, uh, in Hawaii. So I really, I really appreciate it. Um, so the way I got started was, you know, I was working as an investment banker. Uh, specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And we were doing mid-market stuff, you know, five to 500 million in enterprise value, nothing crazy. And it was miserable. I had a 45 minute commute to work and back. I was micromanaged. It was high pressure, high stress, long hours. And it, it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around, I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast oh, and having yeah. to be wow. back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that on the side, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's putting them up online and he's flipping them and he's making a 300% return on his investment. Well, I'm looking at companies all day long in a great company a great company has 
EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Your average company is at 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the show me state. I don't believe him. So <laughs> I've got, I've got three grand saved up for car repairs and I go to New Mexico with him and I buy up 10 half acre parcels at an average price of $300 each. And I do exactly what he says to do. I put them up online. They all sell the next week at an average price of $1,200. What? 300%. It worked. Wow. So I took all that money. I went to another auction in Arizona where, where I live. And there's no one in the room. And again, this is 2000. I'm buying up lots here, acreage there, nothing for, for nothing. And um, over the next six months, I sold all that. And I made over $90,000. So I said to my wife, I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to invest in land full time. And she said, absolutely not. <laughs> so, she's, so she's pregnant at, at the time. So I said, okay, okay, fine. So I worked the land business part time for 18 months until the land investing income exceeded the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full time ever since. Well, congratulations wow. on uh, wow. going full time on that. So what yeah. was it that you hit the mile marker with your income that your wife finally said, okay, I see this works. Uh, you, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, it took a little bit of, you know, I'm very uh, risk averse by nature and very conservative. And, and, you know, I'd always have in the back of my mind, well, you know, what's the, what's the worst thing that could happen? And this is even before I even invested the $3,000. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really scared. And, and I'm, I said to her, I'm like, look, what's the worst thing that can happen here, right? The worst thing is we own an asset. And here's an asset we don't have to maintain. We don't have to protect. No one can destroy it. I'm like, maybe it'll go up in value. You know, if I can't sell it, I'll go to our dentist. Maybe I'll barter a half acre for some free dental work. Like, <laughs> there, there, you know, there's some value. Like the taxes on over nine bucks a year. It wasn't going to hurt us. So she's like, okay, fine. You know, go do it. Just don't lose our money. And it ended up working out. And so then as I was doing it part-time, we kept seeing it was working, working, working. I always had in the back of my mind, okay, you know, the worst thing that can happen is this thing doesn't last. It's a lark, right? Something's going to disrupt it. I don't know what. I'm going to screw it up somehow. And then I'll polish up the resume. And I'll get another job, right? That was like the worst case. And now I'm happily unemployable because, you know, I'd have a 17-year gap of not working, but that's okay. Hey, I, I'm saying that half of me wants to see this negotiation between you and the dentist to say, hey, listen, today I have a special deal for you. I'll bring in raw land for in terms of dental work and just see how that plays out. But that's a whole other story, I'm sure. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So it sounds like it sounds like you were sort of a self-starter, but did you have mentors that helped you along the way once you started um, getting into raw land and uh, past? Of course, out? your buddy of, of who basically right, right, yeah, yeah. So exactly, so exactly. So in you know now, again, remember this is two thousand one. There's no podcasts. You know the internet's still kind of not where it is today, right? Yes. So I don't know what I don't know, and. I just kind of stumble around trying to figure it out myself. And when I look back on it, I was really just kind of lucky. I rode this wave, right? From 2001 to 2008, a monkey could have made money in real estate. And I was that dumb monkey, right? 
in, in, but I was so dumb. I didn't think, I thought I was the smartest person in the room. My neighbors thought I was a drug dealer because I'm working from home and you know, I'm making all this money and yet it, it, I look like I'm homeless, right? Or like, I look like I, I don't work and they're like, what's going on? And I won't tell anybody what I'm doing because I'm scared. I've got this scarcity mentality. And so it wasn't me. And it wasn't until I really got hit hard in 2010 uh, from the financial crisis uh, because land is like the long tail of real estate. So as, as residential and commercial gets hit, it takes a little bit of a while for land to, to get hit. And then as you know, housing recovers, land sort of the last to recover. So even though I was profitable in 2010, you know, I had Parkinson's law of money. So the more I made, oh, this 3,000 square foot home, not good enough. We bought a, you know, multi-million dollar home. My neighbors all have really nice luxury cars. I should too. Luxury cars, three kids, public school? No, private school. Why should my wife have to take care of these kids? Nanny, five days a week. Housekeeper, five days a week. So we're totally out of control. And it's not until 2010 that my income gets cut like 50% that we're like, oh, wait, we got to start getting control again and living in a way that's like sort of like what's really important to us and, um, and how much is enough. And so instead of like, you know, going out on a Saturday night to a really nice, you know, steak dinner, we would stay at home and play charades with the kids. And all of a sudden we were like a lot happier. And so it was, it was really, um, thankfully like this, this blessing in disguise, but that's That's kind of what happened. I love that mind shift. I mean, it's, you know, hard lessons learned. Um, you know, we, we were all affected in that crash, but it sounds like, like you said, that was a blessing in disguise and it created, you were on this like level where you were going up, 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 and you were trying to make your lifestyle match the amount of money you were making. Um, so that's amazing. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. We were actually just having this talk where you, you just, as you grow, you feel like you have to buy to keep up with the trend. And at this point you realize that they're wild, even with the amount of money, like with how much money you bring in, it doesn't really gain you a much or much more happiness you're kind of stuck in this we'll say treadmill to put you on there so where you're like well i gotta keep up with this gotta keep up with that and when you when you're not doing it you're like well was i missing anything was there anything that was better for me at that point and it wasn't so yeah i really appreciate that thank you and talking where you were in 2010 to to where you are today how is how has your business evolved back into just really taking down land right so here i am you know my ego shattered right and so getting back to uh, Peely's first question is, did you have any mentors? Well, no, but now in 2010, I'm humble enough to, to know, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know. And that's where I started seeking out mentors. And that's when I started building systems, automation, and really making it a big business, if you will. And so today, like back then I was doing everything myself. I was sort of the solopreneur. And now I work two hours a week in frontier properties, we're 90% automated with systems and software and a team. And so I'm now able to step out of the business and work on the business. And that's really what fueled me was in 2010 was finding mentors, other people from other walks of life and business, fresh pair of eyes 
And I was humble enough to take their advice and then start executing on that. And that is actually what's made all the difference for me. So, you know, I rode this crazy wave. Great, but not great because I didn't really learn anything. It took the failure to really learn, become humble enough to know, okay, you know, I don't know everything. And, um, and that's really how I started building to that next level and, uh, and doing what I do today. What was one of the biggest pieces of advice that you got about working on your business instead of working in your business? So the, one of the biggest pieces that I got was, you know, every single day have the discipline to step back and look at what you are personally doing and can you systematize it? Can you eliminate it or can you delegate it? And then, okay, if you can systematize it, how can you systematize it? So what, so in that time, it took a little bit of, of, of time and energy and, and thought, but I could then get rid of that five minute task or 10 minute task for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden started building and building and building. So for the longest time I had Janie in South Carolina doing my mailings, sending out offers to people that own raw land. I can kind of walk you through my model, but, um, then I was able to get software to automate that piece. So now I don't have to buy stamps. I don't have to buy envelopes. I don't have to buy paper. I don't have to write her a check to even go out and do it. And she doesn't have to handwrite envelopes. So I I was able to eliminate this VA and then completely automate that piece. Then as the offers come back, the due diligence, well, I was kind of doing, you know, the title searches or, you know, going through it. Not how much money do I make doing due diligence? Zero. Right. So we found a virtual assistant in the Philippines that has a, has contacts with a U.S. based title company, 11 bucks for due diligence. And so then we got that off our plate. And then from now we own the property. And then from there, I'm like, wait, do I really need to be the one negotiating? And do I need to be the one closing? So I found an acquisition manager. So now the acquisition manager runs the business and manages the VAs and does the marketing and the closing. We use a, something called simplifile.com. So now I don't even, I'm paperless. I, so I don't even have to go to the bank and notarize a deed. Um, he's got limited power of attorney. He does that. And we file now online. It's, it's amazing. It's the best time ever to be in business. It's amazing. Uh, thank you for walking through your, uh, your systems with us. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So what would be one of the biggest pieces of technology that really, so like, like simply file, I'm sure that that sounds pretty amazing. Was there another piece of technology that's really transformed your business? Well, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. I'm in there every day. Uh, I, I love that app. And basically, it's unbelievable what you can automate in there. What's it for? It's, uh, it's for automating business uh, nice. systems. Yeah. It's like a CRM, so, like Podio. Okay, so Podio okay, so is great, but Podio is more of a, a CRM. But if you have an API with Podio and Zapier, you can do a lot of things with uh, automation with Podio, Zapier, and Globiflow. And all of a sudden, you can start automating lots of different things in, in your business. And so we actually took those three pieces. We actually hard-coded it because I didn't want to be uh, dependent on you know, the whims of Podio, the whims of Zapier, and the whims of Globiflow. Who knows what happened to those three businesses. And so we actually hired a developer. We actually hard-coded now our systems to automate our business using those three platforms. 
That's amazing. That's the, see now. See now, I'm getting geeky. That's why I'm. I yeah, know. I love, I love it. it. It's just I know. Awesome. Keep on. Keep yeah. on. This is the stuff we're constantly trying to work on in our yes. business day in and day out. So, with all that going right, with something you're working on right now to improve. So right now, I started a new SaaS business called GeekPay.io. So one of my biggest headaches was that when I sell my property, and the way I sell it is, you know, I might get my money out on the down payment. I'll do owner financing. So let me just kind of walk through the model. So you are in Hawaii right now, right? And I go and I get the tax delinquent list and I say, oh, Jason and Pelio, $200 in back taxes on this property in Texas. So you're advertising to me that in some way you don't value that property anymore. Number one, you've no emotional attachment to the land. You're in Hawaii, but the property is in Texas. And number two, you don't value it anymore. You're distressed in some way because you haven't paid your taxes. So what I do then is I'll look at the comparable sales last 12 to 18 months and I'll just divide by four. And that gives me a 300% margin of safety. So I'm not saying to you, hey, Jason Peely, I'm interested in buying your land. You're like, oh, I'm interested in selling my land. I'm saying this is how much I'm gonna pay for your land. I send you an offer for $2,500. So I take the $10,000 comp, I divide by four. The most I'll pay is $2,500. Now three to 5% of people will actually accept this quote unquote top dollar offer. We go through our due diligence checklist. We get pictures, we get plat maps, we get GIS maps, we get, we get a whole buyer package that a buyer would want to know if they were going to buy that property. How do I find it? Ingress, egress, legal access, all this good stuff, right? Then we buy the property for $2,500 and then we have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? No. The neighbors. The neighbors. <laughs> so we send out neighbor letters and saying, hey, look, before this goes to the open market, here's your chance expand your holdings, protect your view, right? Maybe you want your brother-in-law next to you instead of a total stranger, whatever it is, right? So a large percentage of the time, the neighbors will take that property for $10,000. But let's say, you know, they're not gonna have 10,000 cash. They'll take, I will take $2,500 down and then we'll make it a car payment, $449 a month. I'd say 9% interest. Well, that $449 a month, 9% interest, I automate with geekpay.io. So I get my down payment, I put in their information one time, I get their checking information, and then it, it actually automatically takes their uh, ACH payment every single month, and it does, the, it does all the math, all the amortization. And then the borrower can log in, they can make a prepayment at any time, and they can check their balance at any time. So to eliminate the two annoying phone calls I'd always get, which was, Mark, what's my current balance? And hey, can I make a prepayment? And it automates the notifications because I used to chase people, hey, I didn't get your payment this month, whatever happened. And then I have a second payment on file, a credit card. So if the ACH does bounce, I've got a backup. Got so now I've reduced my default rate. And what used to take Sundays now, it's, it's a two-second process um, to awesome. do. So, I love, I, so that's like my, another, my new baby is, is uh, geekpay.io as a startup. So my title for, for this podcast, I think, is going to be Mark Podolsky, King of Automation. King of Automation. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, this is great. So curious. Well, look, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, we can always make more money, but we can't get more time. Yeah. So I'm vicious about how can I save time? How can I save time? Whoa. To <laughs> save, uh, you know. So, so I can, Mark you know, just did, whoa, just because he's, a, he's, he's walking on a treadmill as he's doing the podcast. Yep. Treadmill desk today. <laughs> it's an yeah, amazing thing. Exactly. Yeah. So the new smoking. If you <laughs> if you aren't selling to the neighbor, who who is the next 
biggest, okay, so, biggest percentage of, of buyer pool. Okay. So the neighbors pass, right? Then we go to our buyers list and the buyers list are people that have indicated to us, you know, via our marketing channels or our website, we're interested in buying land. So we email them, uh, you know, here's your opportunity to get this property before we go to the open market. If the buyers list passes, then we'll go to a little website you've probably never heard of called Craigslist. And, and the way that we, we do it is we use an automation with Craigslist and it's, I don't want to get too geeky, but I can put out 128 ads by pressing a button. Wow. And so it's amazing. And then I can also do that same automation with Facebook buy sell groups. So that property will sell in 30 days or less using these tools. That's amazing. Got so it, it casts so, this wide net. Yeah, that's amazing. And now in terms of setting up that automation, is that something like you'll do like an IFTT and you'll just basically you hit a button and it'll trigger 10 different things and away you go? Well, it's, you know, there's, there's a whole program. It's called postingdomination.com forward slash the land geek. Of course. So you can check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Plug away. So do it. Yeah. Do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back in this. Like later today, I'm going to write down all the little websites, check them, check them all out. So we always have a hard thing about shiny objects being, being that you have so much going on here with, with of course doing so great in land. How do you keep focused just on that and, and not the next day jumping onto single family homes or mobile home parks or anything else or, or do you? You know, it's, it's, it's a great question. So I tell everybody, uh, I'm a, I'm an inch wide in a mile deep. And the reason is, is I really don't think for me, there's anything better. Right. Got it. Um, you know, and, and because of what I've kind of gone through and kind of have this idea of like what really makes me happy, I don't need to go after say, um, a billion dollar net worth of, of mobile home parks or uh, a commercial building. Like, I, my passive income exceeds my fixed expenses. I work three days a week. I mean, I'm with my kids. I, it's, it's all about deepening my relationships with the people I love. Yeah. And so I don't need to start chasing all these other things. And I just want to get better and better and better at what I do. And so whenever I sort of, you know, have that pool and I'll get opportunities left and right, um, it's sort of this idea like, you know, well, okay, what happens if I do that, right? What's going to happen to this business or what's going to happen to my team or what's going to happen here because I'm going to take my eye off the ball and I'm going to lose focus. And um, I love this Netflix documentary, uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. This guy's the only three-star Michelin chef in Japan and all he does is sushi, right? And he's been doing it for like 60 years and it's this very simple thing, but he just keeps getting better and better and better at it. And he never loses focus and he loves it. So I want to be like Jiro, right? I'll never get to the top of the mountain, but I want to keep trying. So if someone wants to get into land today, what is something that you say you have to watch out for this? Don't just go out and buy a piece of land and, and think it's okay. Right. Well, you know, number one is you've got to do, there's 3,007 counties uh, in the U.S. There's billions of acres of land. So we've got this massive market and the hardest thing is, okay, well, where do I start, right? Well, I only focus on areas where people want to be. Like nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, really like to have a piece of raw land in Iowa, unless you live in Iowa, but Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, California, Nevada, Florida, maybe Oregon, Washington, 
you know, those areas, lots of raw land available and, you know, people in New York would love the idea of having maybe 40 acres in the desert. And so I only focus on those areas. And because I focus on those areas, I can really eliminate a lot of problems with, let's say, super fun sites that mainly reside on the East Coast, right? Like New Jersey or Pennsylvania or some of these areas. So, um, and you can always go to epa.gov anyways, if you wanted to be in those areas and just make sure. But that's, that's really how I think about it is I have no passion for the raw land. I have passion for the model. Got and it. so for me, it's just, you know, how do I get the biggest buyer pool and how do I find the most property at the cheapest price? Love it. Love it. What would you say is your why for doing all this? Well, I kind of accomplished my initial why, which was in 2001, I wanted to get out of my soul-sucking investment banking job. So that was the first why. And after you've been doing something for 10 years, you do kind of get itchy for a new challenge, right? Because let's face it, I wasn't having people who were buying my raw land writing me thank you notes, hey, Mark, you've changed my life forever, right? But now that I've taught people how to do what I've done, and you know, a good example is uh, Rachel Mueller and Sean Rickman, right? They were able to do, create enough passive income that they quit their jobs, and now they're traveling the world doing this business. Awesome. And it's been life-changing. Um, Scott Bossman is a physical therapist. He now makes more money working two hours a day on his land business than he does at his job. And now he has a decision. Do I want to keep doing physical therapy or do I want to just keep building my land business? And so um, people have retired their spouses. They've quit their job. Scott Todd did over 192 deals last year. He was able to replace his fortune 300 executive income, quit wow. his job and he works from a boat. So, you know, that type of gratitude and being sort of like that pebble in the pond where it kind of ripples out and affects all these people. That's my why today is, you know, can I eliminate this big bucket of stress in people's lives called money? And I think if I do that, it, it ripples out and affects all their relationships and allows them to really do what they want to do in life. That's, That's an great. amazing why. Why don't we expand on that a little bit? So tell us a little bit more about your podcast, about your coaching platform and where, where you see it going. Sure, sure. So I've got three podcasts, the Land Geek podcast, uh, the Best Passive Income Model podcast, and the current one, the Art of Passive Income Model podcast. So, um, Where's the King of the, Automation podcast? That's coming next. Coming, all that's right. Coming next. Yeah, yeah. So we talk a lot about automation on the Art of Passive Income podcast as well. So, um, so you know, I'm, so I, I love doing that. I love talking to experts like yourselves and sort of trying to extract out your success secrets. And then, we, so we do that once a week. And then on Tuesdays, we have a, a roundtable podcast of just land investors. And we talk about what's going on today in our land investing businesses. Did we find a new geeky tool to help us? You know, those types of things. And so, you know, we're always talking about that weekly. And then geekpay.io um, has more applications than just for my niche, because we could help tons of people uh, collect money on an automated basis. And uh, like I was even thinking today, like I was paying my, my pool guy, right? I'm like, why am I having to go on my, you know, do this? Like yeah. he could just charge the card on file and just, you know, do that. And he could use my software to do it. 
So there's a lot of applications for that. And I really want to grow that. And then as far as the coaching, I love the coaching. And um, for people that want to explore it further, I, I would just say go to the website, thelandgeek.com and, and see if it, if it speaks to them or not. It's not for everybody. Sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. It, where do you find is the end game for you? Where's the point that, that, you know, you're saying, okay, this is, I've gotten to where I want to be. What, what is that mile marker? Well, I, you know, I, I talk to my wife about this all the time. I'll never retire. I love working. I, I love, I love just the, the fact that I can always get better. Um, I kind of live by this principle of Kaizen, continual improvement. So can I, can, can I continually improve my business relationships? Can I continually improve my personal relationships? Can I, you know, find another geeky tool to, to shave five seconds and create more time for myself and, and leverage my time and, and just live life fully? So for me, there is no, there's no retirement. There's no stopping. It's just, you know, growing. I'm, I'm writing a second book now. And, um, and so it's just kind of enjoying, you know, the work and, and the journey of it all. Love it. It's awesome. If you're a new real estate investor, and maybe this is the first thing you've listened to, what is an actionable step that a brand new real estate investor could take today to, to get off the sidelines and get started with their investment career? Well, I think you've got to get educated, right? So I think an actionable step is, you know, go on YouTube and search for your real estate niche. There's so much free information today. Yeah. So I would say, you know, what really speaks to you? What model speaks to you? So for land really spoke to me because my wife will tell you, I can't even screw in a light bulb, right? So the physical aspects of real estate really don't appeal to me. Like if, if anything, they overwhelm me. So I love the fact that I can just shuffle paper and make money. And I like the geeky systems and automation of my niche. But for some people, they would love to go out and do like what they see on HGTV or the DIY network. So I would say, you know, find that, that real estate niche or that business niche or whatever it is that really speaks to you and then sort of explore it further, but then don't stop there. Then actually do it and start taking action. Love it. Um, that's, that's the key. So you've got to combine the education with action. You can't just be, you can't be all action and then, you know, create this, you know, mess. And then you can't be all uh, education and just, you know, swimming in your head you know, intellectually with all this stuff. Like, oh, you got to do something. Oh, that's great. That's great. Love it. Thank you. So do you have a morning routine? I do. I do. So um, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is uh, I write in my gratitude journal. So I've got to like, I use the app, uh, the five minute journal. So I write down the three things I'm most grateful for. And then I uh, will either meditate for 20 minutes or um, write morning pages. Like I'll get like my inner curmudgeon out and I just like write, right? And it's like three pages, like half of it is just curse words. And then the rest is like, you know, it's just like this free flowing thing. I'm just kind of like getting it all out of my head, right? Um, so depending on where I am in my business, my stress level, I'll either meditate or I'll write and, um, and do that. Or sometimes I'll do walking meditation. Like I live in Phoenix, so you can see I'm dressed to like, I'm, after this, I'm gonna go on my hike. So I'm going to go hike for like an hour and, uh, awesome. and listen to like, you know, a podcast or an audiobook, something like that. So I'll do that for my morning routine and then, uh, and I'll work out 
and, and do that. And so once I kind of take care of myself, kind of put my oxygen mask on first, I'm ready to deal with, you know, the rest of, of the world and, and whatever else comes at me externally. That's great. Nice, Thank nice. you. I love, yeah. I love that mentality of take care of you first and then you can uh, go out there. It's like putting the oxygen mask on yourself and then your child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I won't check email until 10. I'll check it twice a day, 10 o'clock and four o'clock. Cause otherwise like I'm scrambling, like it gets me off my game. Yeah. It's tough here. Cause no matter how early we're up here, we're, you know, we're on, we live in the East coast. So we're just getting crushed in Hawaii. You know, the second you get up your phone, you're, you're just inundated. So you got to take it and just keep it off for a minute get your mind right and do the same. So yeah, I mean, the nice thing is, is like, no one's going to die. There's no real estate emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. There's grass growing in the land. Fire up. Emergency. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What are some words you live by? Um, some words I live by, I, you know, I don't know. They're constantly changing. Like right now, my, my big thing is, uh, creating joy. Uh, last year it was be present. Right. And I'll, I'll never forget. Um, my, I was playing basketball with my boys and we're playing and all of a sudden my phone fell out of my shorts and they started cheering, hoping that it was broken. And after that, I'm like, oh, I got a problem. I'd said to my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm not present enough with these kids that they're, they're cheering a broken iPhone. So, <laughs> so now I put the iPhone away and I try, I really try hard. I'm not perfect, you know, to be more present. But um, that's, so that was like the big goal for 2016. This year was like creating joy and, in, uh, you know, with, with like every interaction um, and, and doing that. And, and so for 2018, I still haven't decided what the, the big theme is going to be. It might be be present and joyful. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Can, I, can I combine them? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I can tell you. Uh, oh, you know, like I, oh, I know. I know. Go ahead. What's that? No, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think for 2018, it's going to be embrace the suck. <laughs> so, embrace the suck. Yeah, yeah. Because I say that all the time. And, and right now, I'm embracing it in the sense that like I'm doing all these uncomfortable things with geek pay and trying to get that in like, you know, once you get a certain point of competence, right. It's really, really, really hard to rewind the tape and be a beginner again because you feel like, Oh wait, why should, why should this be so hard now? But if you embrace it and you lean into it, then it's not as hard. Got it. That nice. little mindset like that. shift. So embrace the suck. Yeah. Embrace the suck. Definitely, definitely put that. Embrace the suck, be yep. present, but create joy. Create joy. Create joy. Yeah. Yeah. Love nice. it. Yeah. Well, what's the best way to find you if somebody wants to get into your coaching program, learn more about you, or just, just hop on your podcast? Yeah, I would say the best place to start is thelandgeek.com. Awesome. And uh, they can opt in and we'll give them for free the passive income blueprint. They'll get our ebook, How to Avoid the Three Feet of Land Buying Mistakes. And then each week we'll, we'll give you the latest podcast. Um, and then if they uh, email support at thelandgeek.com and, you know, put in the subject line, Jason Peely or, uh, you know, real estate or whatever it is, we'll send them for free our $97 passive income launch kit. Awesome. So Perfect. give the listeners a gift. Thank well, you for thank that. Thank you so much. Mark, this sure. has been great. This has been a lot of fun. 
Well, Jason Peely, thank you so much for having me and, and uh, getting up so early. I'm going to, you know, have some coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have my coffee hidden under the desk right now. <laughs> is, 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 is it like a Kona coffee? Actually, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good coffee. <laughs> so jealous. Yep. So jealous. Yeah, the two, the two of you really have lost, like, all complaining privileges. Like, <laughs> yeah, do, I mean, do you really have, like, friends who can, like, even, <laughs> you know, deal with this? We just we we just don't complain. It's just so warm here. No, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole Jersey, it's like, it's like ten inches of snow, and I'm like, oh, it's really humid here. I was like, do you really want to go back to New Jersey? Yep. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mark, so much. <laughs> thank you. Again, this is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so very much to Mark Podolsky, and thank you all. We're so grateful. Thank you for listening. Bye now. Mm.